ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a bonus broadcast of Creative On Live. I'm not going to read my usual script because we're going to be completely off the script. I'm here with my very good friend, Miss Stacy Cassio from uh, Pop Up Mentor and Pink Pink Net Mentor Network. Is that right, Stacy? That's right. I'm happy to be here, Scott. This is exciting. Yeah. So the I, I am promoting this Facebook Live as you and I here to discuss the virtues and perils of asking and answering life's big question questions. And we're having this discussion because of a conversation that you actually, uh, well, I may have initiated it, but you, you sure started. did. It's all yeah. your fault. <laughs> well, it usually is. Um, so <laughs> why don't you just um, why don't you start us off by first just letting our viewers know who you are, what you're up to these days, and where people can find you outside of the broadcast. But then also let us bring us to to this moment and how you and I are sitting here having this conversation now. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. So my name is Stacy Cassio, and I am the founder of the Pink Mentor Network. Um, and one of our programs is Pop Up Mentor. So. What we do is give women in Charlotte mentorship options. Um, it started through my own quest of finding female mentorship. I had some struggles uh, finding it. And so I wanted to create a platform where it was mentorship with no strings attached. Um, and it's been incredible. We found some of the most amazing women in Charlotte, both on the learner side and the mentor side. Um, and it just keeps growing. So it's been really cool. Um, how you and I got to this spot is all thanks to Mr. Seth Godin. Uh, we both took the Alt-MBA. I was in session three. And which one were you in, Scott? I was in six. Yeah. And it was life-changing for me. Um, it was the first time that I disrupted myself as a professional and put myself into a community that didn't know me. So I wasn't, I was no longer uh, someone's employee. I was no longer um, the, you know, boss of XYZ. I was this professional and I got to introduce myself to this group of like-minded um, individuals, however I wanted to. So it was the first time that I think I really took hold of my dreams. And then um, they all, it all led to this. So I, Oh, so much credit to the all MBA program. I'm different because I went through that process for sure. Yeah. So Seth definitely encourages us in that program through that program um, to, to ask and answer some, some of uh, life's big questions. And then um, the reason that you and I decided to, to discuss this topic was because you received an email from me that I had sent out to my creative on purpose membership Um that shared the questions that I ask in my current book Endeavor, uh, and re refresh my memory. How did how did uh, how did how did what was it that you reached out to me about? Yeah, I think you had sent some giant questions, and I was like, oh, I would love to share these with the women in Pink Mentor Network because we look at life from you know, how to make it more purposeful, how to share what we know with others. And these questions seemed right up that alley. And so I said, Scott, can I share this? And you said, well, let's do something bigger. Let's broadcast them. So um, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, it's interesting. I remember when I launched into entrepreneurship, someone told me, find something 
find a reason to get dressed every Monday morning. And I think, thank you, because you were my reason for getting dressed this Monday morning. Yes, it is important when we're doing these Zooms, if we want to keep our Facebook accounts to <laughs> fully clothed. So uh, maybe who knows what goes on in, in places on the internet. Um, so what, what do you think, you know, so the questions that I posed are, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be happy? And how can I be more of both? And there are variations um, of these questions. I was actually listening to Krista Tippett's uh, broadcast on being uh, during my cemetery run today. And she's sponsored by a, a, a group called the Templeton, uh, templeton.org. And um, they actually share three questions as well. Who are we? Uh, why are we here? And where are we going? Which I think of as just being variations. And, and these are questions that that people, everyday people like you and I, have been asking and answering for themselves since antiquity. Uh, we see it in uh, all the ancient philosophical and religious traditions. What do you think the, the virtues of starting with these big questions or the, what, what's the value of starting with these big questions? I like to start big because they're is no right answer for these questions. It's what is right for you. Um, and at any given point in your life, you know, that's going to change. And mm -hmm. that to me is so exciting. I have been a lifelong learner and that is exactly how I got to this point in my life is connecting a lot of dots and every day, you know, finding more dots and then finding more ways to connect them. Um, so I love starting with the big questions because it challenges me to think bigger than this moment, bigger than me. Um, and it actually, I think, has made my work more meaningful. Um, and I, I love that the answer always evolves. Like there's every person you meet um, has an answer to that question that might help you or a direction. And to me, that makes life such a challenge. Like it's, it's a quest to meet more people and to learn from more people. So that's exciting. Yeah. I love that idea that you just expressed of kind of starting off by zooming out. I think it, when you start, when you are, as you are an entrepreneur or as I am, uh, a, a freelancer or, or kind of a solopreneur of any sort, um, it is easy to gravitate towards the tactical because mm -hmm. tactical things help give us a feeling of getting things done. There are um, things that uh, we don't question so much. We just kind of execute, and but we can very easily find ourselves stuck in the weeds when we start with tactics. And we can also quickly find ourselves doing and thinking and acting uh, on things that take us out of alignment with our core values. And th this idea of zooming out to the big questions is a way that we can kind of get back in touch with our own moral perspective, our own values and guiding principles and making sure that we work from those down uh, through you know our vision, our mission, our goals, our strategy, our tactics, so that whatever we're doing, we are always kind of pointed in the direction of, of our North Star. So, so Stacy, 
<laughs> Uh-oh. Are we getting serious now? <laughs> what you 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 said that you have given these questions some some thought. I would love to hear uh how you might respond. Yeah, so the first question, what it means to be human. I think um there's there's two parts to this. There's the you want to belong to something, so finding a community to belong to and then finding people to contribute to. So so it's the community that you belong to and it's the community that you'll serve. Um to me that is such a self-awareness journey that I I know very much that the path that I am on now has helped me learn these things, but I couldn't have answered these questions even 5 years ago. Mm. I, it's so exciting that it it took me 38 years to figure out where I belong and then another like hour or well I figured that out and then it took me a long time to figure out how do I contribute to these people and I think that the answers to those are in self-awareness and value and so how I personally value myself and then why that's valuable to others like that to me those two things have answered um to me what it means to be human like we all want to belong and we all want to contribute yeah well so i think of uh belonging is just a foundational human instinct mm -hmm. we we entered the planet as neither the the smartest the strongest nor the fastest of the creatures of the earth and it was only through clumping together that we were able to survive so so that social imperative is you know is an ev evolutionary imperative that that caused us to survive or helped us survive it also developed necessitated that we developed language so that we could communicate and and collaborate and that grew our brains and all of this eventually we go from being uh just another step in the food chain to actually kind of dominating the planet for better or for worse. So I think belonging is is really important. And I love what you said too uh about contribution because I think that that is another really basic human impulse and that's the ability or the 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 desire to um to fulfill potential to you know that absolutely of, of not leaving promise unrealized is something that uh just seems to be foundational what's interesting when you when i think about that those aspirational type of things like potential development and serving others and part of the the theme of endeavor is that we enhance our lives more, most when we are engaged in work that elevates the lives of others mm. um, is that in this th this aspirational nature of ours oftentimes comes with an invitation uh for shame because mm. the act of being of trying to be more of developing ourselves of of striving towards a potential um in in a way can be we can interpret that as as seeing ourselves as somehow insufficient and um and obviously then we're we're opening the 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 door for shame and so i think that 
one, the, the great, the greatest, one of the greatest virtues of being a human being is our ability to hold conflicting ideas in our head at the same time. That we are, we can be sufficient, even as we strive, um, and that there's no shame in in either the sufficiency or the striving. Um, so I, 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 I couldn't, off. I agree with you so much on that. And I think for me, shame always comes from comparing myself to others. And, um, it's always a matter of, I, I know my value and I know how valuable I am to others. But once I start comparing that to what I see from other, especially folks in the all MBA community, like mm-hmm. that was so intimidating. Getting beyond that intimidation factor was hard at first. Um, but I think one way to kind of fight that battle, that internal um, fight struggle with shame is to be creating. I feel um, my most valuable when I'm contributing in a creative way. And so I think that's a great way um, to kind of fight off those, those gremlins that we all carry with us. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, because creativity requires both curiosity and courage, and it's hard to be experiencing any negative emotions at all, anger, frustration, or shame when you're asking questions when you're when you have adopted a kind of a curious mindset and a courageous posture um you know it's it becomes much easier to stave off uh shame and any feelings of insufficiency i i, I love that the other thing is just this idea you touched on this of, of self-awareness and this I, I i think of it all as being um putting always trying to put ourselves back into the present moment because we only really ultimately we we can't control all the outcomes that we we seek to bring in the world because they involve you know other people and situations and circumstances far beyond our control and of course forces beyond our control but where we have the ability to have an influence is in the way that we choose to see things and what we decide to do next and the only time we can uh, execute on those two pieces of agency perception and action is right now and so this idea that you know we can think the big thoughts we can set the big goals off in the distance um but it's kind of in the here and now that the the work is being done which i guess brings us to the to the flip side of of the the question uh, we, we've discussed some of the, the virtues of asking life's big questions but um just as there is in anything, I think there there can also be some perils involved, too. Um, any thoughts on you know potential um, rabbit holes, uh, traps? Or, well, <laughs> yeah, actually, I had one just as you were speaking about being present. You know how many times I have run into my own garage door because my mind is someplace else, and I'm already thinking about where I need to be. Uh, I'm already thinking, or I might be thinking about these big questions in my life and just bringing myself back to the present. I've actually hit the garage door, I think three times, which my husband will never understand. He's like, how do you run into the garage door? But I get so excited about, you know, the opportunity beyond that garage door. And to me, that's exciting, but I very regularly find myself, you know, fighting with finding the present. Like that is very, and especially today, you know, where you have your 
phone with you at all times. Um, you know, and as an entrepreneur, one of the first lessons that I learned is yes, people find my service valuable and they want it. They want to understand it and help me. And so saying no to those coffee meetings, that was important. That was really, um, I had to learn that if I wanted to be successful, I was going to have to say no more frequently. Mm. Um, and so that's been a big giant aha is not getting trapped in the, yes, I can help you. Yes. Let's do coffee. Let's have a conversation and, and making sure that my prospecting, um, process is much more formal than that. Yeah. So opportunity, we, uh, paralyzes us. Well, we frequently think of opportunity as just choices and we want, you know, the more choices we have, we feel like the more opportunity we have. But what what is interesting is how often um, I think that what it's like you were saying about saying no, when we when we create constraints and we've learned about this in the Alt MBA through the book, A Beautiful Constraint, when you, you. when you self-impose restraints and and constrict what's on offer, you actually are opening the door for even greater creativity in addressing the, the problem, situation, or question. And you are also creating the opportunity to be more present and focused on uh, the issue at hand right now, as opposed to all the other things that you might be doing. And that, that would be my, what I find, I've been speaking a lot about um, the institutionalization of some of my favorite things like philosophy and jazz music, classical music, music in general, is that we have taken things that used to be a part, we're, we're just organically growing and developing in the culture with everyday people. And then we put them in the academy where they are the purview of, of experts and they are kind of, uh, you know, categorized and curriculum turned into a curriculum that's dripped out um, to people, to students. And it, it becomes instead of philosophy, you know, uh, what does it mean to be, a, to live a good life? What is the good life? Instead of discussing that questions in our everyday uh, conversations they happen kind of behind closed doors in the ivory towers um, and then the uh, and then they become things that are not calls to action they're just intellectual acrobatics that that were yeah um, and so I love you know I, I think when you start with life's big questions it, it can be seductive and easy. <laughs> to use that as a, a reason, a, a, as a means to hide from actually doing something that, that would move, move you forward. Because, um, so I, I heard on uh, something I was listening to this morning, I think his name is, I think it was, uh, I can't remember her name. She was, it's a scholar who was talking about Hannah Arden, Arendt, who was a Holocaust survivor um, or escaped Germany before, before before the Holocaust and lived in exile and mm. uh, just a really deep thinker and a brilliant writer, but really, I think she, one of her books is actually titled The Human Condition. 
um, that there's a phrase that the, the, this woman used in describing her about doing her thinking on the ground. Mm, yeah. And I really found that to be powerful. So I, you know, I, I would just say to those that are considering um, dancing with life's big questions that um, you, you do, you do that dance uh, while you are doing your work, as opposed to doing it as something that has to be done before you start doing your work. Cause I, I don't know your experiences Stace, but I find that the, the big questions are things that their activities like sweeping the floor. You have to come back to them mm-hmm. over and over again because the person that you were even a few days ago, never mind in a different yeah. stage in life, um, approaching those questions is a very different person than the person that would address those questions today. And you will probably find, uh, at least I certainly have found that my answers at 16 and 25 and 35 and 45 and approaching 55, that the, the questions have changed uh, or the answers to the questions have changed. Well, we should hope so. I hope yeah. that we grew a little bit, right? Yeah, well, that's, I, you know, the, the interesting thing is one of the people that I really connected with uh, initially on like thinking about purpose was Simon Sinek and his start with why. Yeah. One of the things that he says in that book and uh, in, in that program is your your why, which I define as purpose, is fixed when you're 20. And I just thought, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, you know, maybe on some fundamental level where, you know, we're all, as we were answering the question, um, what does it mean to be human? We're agreeing that we're inherently social creatures and we have a, a, a call to duty to uh, be responsible in that role. Um, and that we're, we also agree that we're both creative creatures and we have to encourage that impulse and, and apply it for, for good. Um, Do you think that your why changed since you were 20? I think, uh, yeah. I mean, it it, it, again depends on how big or small you want to get with, with your, you know, with purpose. But I would say in the general sense that, um, you know, I am here to thrive and flourish as a human being and help others do the same. I could in some way, um, make every phase of my life fit that definition somehow um, at some points better than others. Um, but I definitely also see that the, the, the means for that has, has changed dramatically over time. You know, at one point I was a performing musician and I really felt that I was doing good work um, in that domain. And then I decided that I was going to become a music teacher. And I felt like that was, um, you know, I was teaching in a very different way in a uh, different domain. And now the work that I'm doing with creative on purpose, you know, again, we could clump it all together as just as teaching or help helping to elevate, uh, the, you know, the, the conditions, uh, and, and the, the, the thriving of others. Um, just think it's uh I, I think when you say that something is fixed at an early age I, I, i'm just more about the ability our ability again this speaks to the choices thing in a way um and now i'm maybe speaking against myself but i think you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for opportunity and possibility i i think it's important to i would ra- what's the, the richard Feynman quote i'd rather have 
questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Ah, I like that. Yeah. So I don't think I even knew my why at 20. Uh, I, it took me a long time to discover it. And it's funny because looking at it now, I know exactly why I was put in each one of those situations. I was discovering my purpose and I was discovering what I was passionate about. Um, and then finding the confidence to execute on it. It's taken time. I couldn't answer that question when I was 20. I could barely, oh my gosh, I could barely take care of myself at 20. So <laughs> now it's exciting because um, not only can I take care of myself, but I know I'm valuable and I can help others see that too. So that piece is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's important. Like I said, it's, it's worth circling back to, I think when the idea that it's fixed at 20 means kind of one and done. Okay. So I, I've got the big part figured, figured out. I know what my purpose is. It's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) I'd be worth looking at that every once in a while and then rethinking, um, you know, not, not only what it is, but how you're going to execute on it. And that's, to me, what it's uh, in in many ways, this these questions are really pointing us towards is you know how can we achieve excellence as human beings, and you know how can we make sure that in our pursuit of doing so that we are not only not causing harm to others, but hopefully providing opportunities for for. for them Do you remember to- when you told me this has stuck with me? It was I think our first interaction, and you shared. Uh, what your take on the difference between passion and purpose was. Do you remember that? I I remember saying a lot of things about passion and purpose. <laughs> I don't remember specifically what I said to you because I, I my thinking on that has changed. Uh, oh, really? Over time. But tell me, tell me where I was when you. Okay. Were well, this is what you told me and this is what stuck with me. Um, so I was kind of in a self-discovery phase of life. And I was searching for passion. And you said, caution you on searching for passion because passion um, will eventually run out. You need to find purpose. So is that, has that changed at all? I just, just a little bit. I mean, I'm so, um, I do believe, well, here's, here's some things about passion that I, that I find troublesome. The polling shows that less than 20% of people, when asked to identify their passion, can identify one, mm-hmm. which when you then tell people that the, the secret of success or the, the, the secret to happiness is to, is to pursue your passion, 80% of the people are going, oh, crap, I don't have a passion. And that's just an invitation to bring shame into the game again, right? Yep. So, and the other thing is that passion is i don't i don't believe that passion is a destination i believe that passion is a byproduct of work that's worth doing and so 100 agree i that's why i've been beating that drum of you know let's put purpose first because you can bring purpose into any work that you're doing so when i'm coaching somebody in my creative on purpose practice that is you know feels very uh, depleted by working a dead-end job that they feel they must hold on to because of their responsibilities to, you know, financial and family. Um, That if you simply start with gratitude that you have this, that you have the, the resources to support 
and honor your responsibilities. And then you can engage with that work in a purposeful manner. You can find meaning in that work. You can find ways to do good in, I think, any endeavor. Um, and when you focus instead on those things with and do it with intention and integrity, what I find happens is that you become clearer and clearer on your bigger purpose, which is to me, purpose has is 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 completely different than the roles that you play and the jobs that you do. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and when you engage in any activity with greater intention and, and integrity, which is part of what purpose is about, passion becomes um, a, a byproduct. And so I, I think what I was saying to you at that time, the, way, the metaphor I was using was finite versus um, Re, uh, renewable resources. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you are going to engage in something as challenging as building pink net uh, mentor network or prop up mentor, that's that to me sounds like, um, you know, a long term project that's going to be fraught with challenges and missteps and mistakes and all those things, right? Yes. And if you are simply mining passion to get you through all those challenges at some point the passion runs out and yeah. when the passion runs out um boy it's really hard to continue to power through uh if you don't have something else that that you can rely on but at the, but what i find in trying to build my own enterprise is by just always coming back to you know the what's it for Mm -hmm. That stuff is I, always encouraging us to do. What's the point here? What's the purpose? What's my intention? Then greater sense of purpose and, a, and more passion um, just results. And I can continue to pour that both into the enterprise and fuel it that way. I totally agree. And my thinking on that has evolved also. I realize now that what I'm seeking is a problem that I feel passionately about solving. And I have found that in mentorship. So every time I meet a woman who is looking for mentors, that ignites something so like just in innate in me that I can't even turn it off. Like I get excited because this is a problem I know how to solve. And Hey, let me show you how we're going to take care of this. And to me, that's exciting. Like finding the next person that has that challenge is what it's all about. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I, th I think that's a great point because I think when we are doing work with a greater sense of purpose, intention, integrity, however you want to define it, it becomes more energizing and less exhaustive. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If I think about all of the seats that I worked so hard to fill and they weren't, they weren't meant for me. I, I was, there was so much energy expended in trying to make that work for me. And it, it was never the right fit. Like I spent too many decades doing that. Um, but all that to say, it got me here. So I'm happy. I'm happy that it. Well, that's, uh, that, I think that's a, a really fair point. And, um, I work with a lot of young people. Um, I, I hear a lot about their, I, I hear about their opinions about um, their, the school system that they're a part of. I hear, um, 
I hear their uh, doubts and fears about, you know, the, the world that's going to be, um, you know, that they're inheriting. And for me, it's, I'm always encouraging anyone, but, you know, when you can spend your time saying, this really sucks. You know, that dead end job that you were a part of that, you know, contentious boss that you had or what you, you can always, you can choose to pay attention to those things and mm-hmm. use them as reasons to not further yourself or to not, or to just give up. Or you can choose to decide what you can learn from that, or you can choose what else is going on that you can put your energies into um, so that you can you can help bring about the the, the life in the world that you would like to be a, a part of. Um, you know, schooling. Seth has brought this back up in his podcast recently. Schooling isn't just what happens in school. Mm-hmm. Schooling is happening all the time, and you can bemoan the state of our educational institutions at the moment if you like, but they're only there for six hours a day. And that means that you have, you know, an additional, uh, whatever, 12 hours or 10 hours, um, where you can help, you can help that young person, you know, help themselves and become, uh, learn how to apply it. Yeah. Learn how to apply what we're learning. Yeah. Learning how to think, learning, take, being open or, or asking big questions and uh, looking at situations and circumstances and being curious uh, and, and, and being willing to investigate and um, try to find solutions. That's, I think, you know, creativity is always um, kind of at its best when it's applied to the hard stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, including asking, answering life's big questions. So these conversations, Stacey, usually are about 30 minutes long and, and we're, we're going a little bit uh, long. And so I want to um, start to think about uh, approaching uh, a wrap up here. But one of the things that um, you talked about really early on, really um jumped out at me and it, it I, I don't remember the exact phrasing that you, you used, but it, it had something to do with competition. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it was when you were, or comparison. when you're talking, yeah, comparison that, you know, you look around uh, the Alta MBA and you see so many, you know, amazing people doing amazing work and they're just towering figures in the mm-hmm. community. Um, and it's easy as you are struggling with your endeavor or enterprise to say, you know, maybe this, maybe it's just not meant to be for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe this will be the last point before I ask you the last of the big questions. Um, But uh, you know, how, how, how did you, you, you mentioned that moment and I think it's uh, so important because we want to uh, feel worthy as we are working. Um, so how how did you how, how do you address that dynamic that we all kind of have to contend yeah. with? I find myself um, so a couple of things that I've always struggled with. One, and you brought it up before, is expert worship, putting others on a platform and then just just worshiping their thoughts and 
Um, I think sometimes seeing where they are and how far I have to go to get there is just intimidating. And it causes me to not do anything except just fills me with self doubt. And, um, you know, those gremlins that we were talking about before, but one thing that I have learned, um, is when I meet someone that I think that highly of that I'm a student of that person and to learn rather than be intimidated. And, I start thinking about what they're doing and the people they're serving and how I might use those tactics or what I admire about them and serve my community a little bit better. Um, And that has always taken that competition and intimidation factor out of it. If I can go into any situation as a student, I mean, that's why I'm a lifelong learner because I can learn from anything, anyone. And when I approach things like that, I'm not as hesitant or I'm not as scared or fearful. Um, So I think that's a really great approach is, and it's worked for me in so many ways. Yeah. I love that. It's well, the other thing is I try, I'm trying more and more to remind myself that what I see isn't necessarily what is. Yeah. And that, uh, What's that word that Seth so often uses? Sonder the 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 concept that um, the noise that's going on and the stories that are banging around in your head are not at all dissimilar from the noises and the stories that are banging around in everybody else's head. Um, and and so, which I guess goes back to our what it is to be human. Right. <laughs> Carry around these right. terrible gremlins. Right. Well, and it's always, you know, if we can, if we can um, continue to try to come back to the present moment and the, 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 the posture of curiosity, mm. I have a little pamphlet called, isn't that interesting, which is a phrase I use all the time when I am met with challenges or failures or obstacles. It's, you know, because when things an emotional response to a hardship or a challenge is, is quite normal. And so there's no point in trying to deny or bury those things. Um, they have to be acknowledged and accepted before we can kind of move through around or over them. And by being able to just say, isn't that interesting? I'm able to interrupt the knee jerk response, the emotional response. Mm-hmm. And, and then I immediately am here looking at this isn't yes. interesting and and I'm asking questions instead of saying instead of letting the stories in my head take me down oh, yeah to, to all those dark places well this has been a really great discussion I am so grateful that oh, um, number one uh, I'm grateful to, to myself that I sent out an email that had these questions <laughs> uh, ever so much more grateful that you uh, wrote me asking for permission to use them which um, they're not mine, so feel free. <laughs> um, and then uh, that that when I, off the top of my head, just blurted out, hey, let's hop online and talk about these in public. Yes. <laughs> that you were willing to uh, leap into that silly little enterprise with me. Uh, I think that this has been a great conversation, and I, I hope that others are, are benefiting from it. And uh, we, I've been just checking to make sure that our connection is good and see that um, we have Steve and Scott and uh, there was a, a woman here who was one of uh, one of your people, I think. Um, 
Well, there's Joyce and Andrea and Aaron. And Dana. ah, those are my peeps. Hey, yeah. girls. So yeah, so it sounds sounds like we achieved what we wanted to achieve, and that we we've brought in some connections between our two communities. Yeah. I want to end with uh, the question that I have been asking all of my guests recently. If there were um, just one idea or concept or uh, tool that you could share uh, with the those tuning in that you think that would help them help them uh, flourish more and stress less that uh, around this this idea of asking life's big questions what 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 idea or concept or tool would you want to to leave folks with well that's a give me for me um mentorship so it opened so many doors for me and i i've had great mentors um but i've also had experiences where i learned a lot about what not to do mm -hmm. and those were actually probably more powerful because they caused me to change and they caused me to do something to act. Um, so my, you know, advice or recommendation would be find people that you want to learn from and ask questions and then listen, just listen and watch. Um, there is so, there are so many great mentors out there and, most of the time, they're willing to help us if we make it convenient and if we um, seek them and are intentional. And um, I think I think sometimes we get intimidated by asking for that kind of help. And that's been a huge eye-opener for me is not only are the members of Pink Mentor Network getting something out of it, but the mentors. There have been so many times when a woman is like, why are you asking me? for my thoughts on something. And so giving her the stage, the microphone and the audience to share what she knows is so empowering for the mentors. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Well, we're, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. And uh, just so grateful for your uh, friendship and for your willingness to. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. Us, yeah, it's been the, fun. The, your time and attention. And uh I just will end by encouraging anybody that's tuning in live or in replay to uh, consider asking yourself those uh, big questions. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be happy? How can you be more of both? Stacey, great to have you here. Thanks so much. Thank you.